Welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Hoshago, aka The Voice, Executive Director of Eternal Crown Ministries and host of this podcast. In keeping with our study of the life of David, we are moving on a little farther in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Today we'll be covering verses 5 through 17 with the thought that there is a reward for servanthood the reward of servanthood and we're going to walk through the scripture today so I'll read some portions and then expound a bit and we'll go back and forth between reading and expounding verse 5 says go tell my servant David this is what the Lord says Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I've been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I've moved with all the Israelites, I did, or should say, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, just as a point of reference, you can go back to the last podcast that I had to kind of pick up on what was going on and what led to this conversation and who the Lord was talking to. Because as verse 5 says, go tell my servant David. So obviously God is not talking to David. He's talking to someone else. And again, that information you can find in the other podcasts, the prophet Nathan that he's speaking to. But within verse seven, or I should say, just as a stopping point for this portion, the Lord asks, or I should say, gives Nathan the words to ask David. Did I ask you to do this? Have I ever asked anyone to do this? Just because you want to do something and do it for God doesn't mean that it's for you to carry out I really delve into this in the last podcast I don't want to spend too much time on it but sometimes he gives us some things to do that are too great for us he may give it to you but he may give it to you as the visionary the one that sets the vision out but it may be something so large and so grand in scale or just above your abilities that you have to give it to someone else to take the ball and carry it through. How do you find out whether or not this thought, this idea, this vision that God has given you is for you to carry out? Will you do what David did? He sought God and he sought the counsel of the man of God. What you can see is a general pattern of the life of David. Uh, when he was in Keilah, he was like, Lord, should we go? Or I should say when he found out that Keilah was inhabited by the Philistines that had been taken over by them and that they were taking all their steps like Lord should we go or shouldn't we go he said yes when he heard that Saul was coming after him in Keilah he was like should we go or should we stay Lord was like go you know Ziklag he did this Hebron he uh, sought the Lord when he went to go fight the Philistines etc he sought the Lord before doing things which is a hallmark of who David is and why David was a man after God's own heart. All right, let's continue reading. 
Verse 8 says, Now then tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you've gone, and I've cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. The Lord told him, I'm going to make your name great. And not just great, like the greatest men on earth. People who do not believe the Bible, people who do not serve God, know about David. They know about King David. God did just that. He made his name great. David was blessed because he wanted to serve and please God. It's important that if you are indeed serving God, that you don't seek him just for his hand as the uh, the people who gathered around and were fed by the 5,000, uh, or I should say the 5,000 men plus women and children that were fed by the fish and the loaves. They were looking for a meal. They were looking for his hand when he was trying to give them eternal life. Don't look at God or don't go after God just for the, the blessings, the temporal things that he provides. Don't, don't chase that. Only what God promises to give us with our action should we look to him for. He promised that if we believe on him that we will have eternal life. Look for that. In his grace, he gives us much more than we deserve. But we should be serving him for who he is. Serving him and loving him because he first loved us. Not because of what he can do for us, per se, outside of salvation. There are benefits that come with it. He blesses those that he loves. He takes care of those that he loves. He provides for those that he loves. But if you serve him only for what he can do in that sense, the moment he doesn't do what you think that he should do, the moment he doesn't line up with your plans, you begin to doubt his love, his power, even his existence. Much of the reason why people will say there can't be a God is because they see the sin and the wickedness and the suffering that happens in the world. And think, man, if there was a God, there wouldn't be the suffering. Why? Because we think that if I was God, I wouldn't allow people to suffer like this. And that's understandable. But God is a God of order. He set an order. He set laws in place. And we forget that through Jesus, he suffered more than any man could ever suffer. He took upon the sufferings of all mankind, past, present, and future. So to say, well, you know, if he was a good God, he wouldn't allow suffering is wrong. He allowed the most suffering possible so that we would not have to suffer for eternity. Now, on earth, the word says that man is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. That's what the word says. So we're going to have trouble. But the word says that he will be with us in trouble. That's the comfort that we have, that though we go through trouble, God is with us. 
and we know that if he's with us that he will help to see us through whatever it is that we need to go through serve him again because you love him don't serve him necessarily for what he can do again the minute it doesn't line up with what your mind thinks then you'll think that God is someone that he is and we already did because of going about it with your own thought process anyway back to the scripture verse 10 says and I will provide a place for all my people Israel and will plant them so they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed wicked people will not oppose them anymore as they did in the beginning Israel went for years without a king after Saul which is why partially they needed to be planted they also need to be planted because as I said in the beginning uh, the wicked people will oppress them well in the beginning the wicked people were the inhabitants of the land and they were supposed to drive them out and they did not drive out all of them so it's hard to establish roots when you're always having to fight people who are looking to take you out but God is saying he's going to give them peace and plant them at that specific time verse 11 says and have done ever since the time I appointed the elders over my people Israel I will give you rest from your enemies the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you David was looking to build a house for God instead the Lord said he was going to establish a house for David my God when you're serving him and you're loving him and you're giving him your best which is what David was seeking to do he thought that it was not fitting that he was in this grand majestic palace and the representation of the presence of God was in a tent and because of his desire to do that even though it wasn't for him to do because his heart was tender and it was right towards God God instead said, hey, I know you're trying to build a house for me, but I'm going to build a house for you. I'm going to establish you for generations and generations, world without end to come. God blesses those who look to take care of him. Verse 12, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you your own flesh and blood and I will establish his kingdom he is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever the he that he's talking about the one who will build the house is Solomon verse 14 this will be his or I should say I will be his father and he will be my son when he does wrong I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed before you. So God is promising, I am not going to remove my hand from Solomon as I did from Saul because I'm promising to establish your house, David. So, 
you got in this position. As it says at the very end of verse 15, uh, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. So before David was king, Saul was king. And God moved Saul out the way to move David in place. He could have very well did so with Solomon because he's already foretelling of the issues he's going to have. You know, it says when he does wrong, I'm going to chastise him with the rod of men that, that he was going to correct him. He was going to flog him with and, and it was going to be inflicted by human hands. But he said he would not remove his hand. Why? Because of his love for David and his desire to establish David's household. Your loving and living for God can impact not only you, but again, generations to come. You don't know how your serving of God will impact your children, your children's children, generations that you'll never see or never even think could come about that God can and will bless because of your serving him. Verse 16. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. How could David's throne be forever? Who in David's lineage could sit on a throne forever whose throne is eternal jesus christ's throne is eternal and jesus christ from a physical standpoint came through the lineage of judah same as david and as you look into the lineage of jesus you'll see that it leads right back to david that's how the throne will be established forever because it is the throne of Jesus Christ the righteous verse 17 Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation so some key points that I want you to take back with you first is whatever it is that you've got on your mind to do that you believe God is giving you direction to do is it for you to do or is it for you to pass on to someone else how do you find that out you seek his face you seek the face uh, or I shouldn't say the face but you seek godly counsel regarding it. you pray on it you ask other people to pray on it second point God blesses those who have a heart for him do what you do out of love for him not for what he can do for you. Selah. Pause and think about this. We'll pick back up next week with verses 18 through the end of the chapter, I believe. Unless the Lord needs me there. Until then, God bless and keep it together.